0: So last night, I went and saw Top Gun with friends. And then we went and had like a big Italian, uh, like went to an Italian restaurant and had like big Italian dinner, split a couple bottles of wine, then went and had like after dinner drinks. And so like, I was like, I need something like I don't it's too hot out for a hot cup of coffee. But also I'm going to die. (laughs) You know, like I need that caffeine. So that iced coffee real good hangover cure.
1: Oh, yeah, that makes
0: sense. Whatever you did, you get into anything this weekend now that you're not sick anymore.
1: Yeah, me and one of my friends went to go see uh Crimes of the Future yesterday. Oh, fuck. Before. How was that? So I got super high before I went to go see it. <laughs> we were in a theater that I was going to Metro to. So I was like, yeah, I might as well get high before. So like I the problem is I timed the high wrong because I like took an edible and like it got me like the peak of it was at the end of the Metro ride. And I was like, oh, no. Damn it. And so we went to like a theater that like has like a train that, that goes through like the food court. And I kept like waiting. I was waiting. I was early. So I was waiting for my friend come by and like the train kept like going right to where i was like in the theater i like kind of got like freaked out by it like this is i don't like this (laughs) and then we got into the theater and like the first like half hour i was still like super high so it was kind of cool but then i got to like the sleepy high point so like i like kind of like would doze off during like scenes because it was a very like the music in the movie is very like disturbingly soothing maybe is a way to put it i don't really know how to describe it and then i like when i at the end i was like oh my god i like probably because i never know how long i fall asleep for like i'm like I was like, I probably fell asleep for like a good part of this movie. Let me look at the plot to make sure like because I feel like I missed a lot because I don't really understand what happened. And I was at the plot and it turned out I'd watched the movie perfectly and I probably fell asleep for like five seconds at a time and didn't miss much at all because I got everything that happened in the plot. So the movie is just a little bit weird and sort of like the plot. It's automatically a plot that's hard to like grasp because it's so weird. So it's hard to really like fully grasp it without thinking like there's something else to this when there isn't really.
0: Do you like Cronenberg? Like, have you seen some of his other stuff?
1: I haven't seen a lot of his stuff. Actually, I've only seen fly and existence or I don't know how you pronounce that but like the one with the Z at the end yeah um, I've seen those I don't I saw his son's movie possessor that came out a couple years ago which is really mm. cool uh pretty fucked up but like very well done but I feel like Cronenberg's one of those people like for a while David Lynch was like kind of my blind spot of like oh I like weird movies but I just haven't seen any of his stuff somehow and then I loved everything I saw of his pretty much so I feel like I need to like watch more Cronenberg stuff soon
0: it's definitely a blind spot for me too I, I looked up his everything he's directed and I I think I've just seen The Fly.
1: That's his big one.
0: Like, I'm very familiar with his style. Like, you know, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy about body horror a lot. Like, it's, um, but I am very curious about this new movie.
1: There was at least one or two scenes that I uh, had to kind of look away from. Yeah, sure. It wasn't, I don't think it was as disgusting as The Fly was. The Fly is very disgusting.
0: Yeah, the whole, like, oh, everyone's gonna walk out of the theater at Cane's or whatever bullshit that they were talking about. I'm like, do people actually do that? Because that's like... Yes,
1: people in that film festival are fucking insane.
0: They will do <laughs> the weirdest shit. People, you, do
1: you hear like the reactions people have? People will like boo films for like 20 minutes at that festival or like applaud for 20 minutes. Like Pan's Labyrinth, I think for a while, had like the record for like the longest applause at that film festival. And it was like 17 minutes or something.
0: Didn't Top Gun Maverick get like a standing O before it even, uh, like before the movie even started, just Tom Cruise like came out and everyone gave him a big like standing ovation?
1: I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like that sounds like something they would do. It's like, wow, movies are back or something. I don't know. Some bullshit. Yeah, like that. Um, yeah they love doing that kind of stuff. It's so weird.
0: Because I'm stupid and I don't know how any of these like film festivals work. Because I like I went to like the Chicago Film Festival before and you can just like go to it. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I guess you could probably just go to Cane's the same way you can go to other local film festivals. And no, you can't. Like you can't. I was like looking into it and it's like it's like basically invite only, which I did not know. I bet I'm like it's probably very expensive, but I wonder how much it costs. And it's like no, it's not even that it costs like twenty thousand dollars to go. Is that you're not allowed to go even if you have the money to go? You know that's interesting
1: because I would assume that like stuff like that or like Venice Film Festival or Sundance had like just like a huge price range and like a lot of times people would comp it or something for people.
0: Yeah, it's it's like you have to like be a member of like you can. I was looking at the website a while ago and like you have to like provide some evidence that you work in the industry before you can like get on to like the like you know ticket page or whatever which I guess makes sense uh but also like I don't know I want to go that seems cool I would uh, love like,
1: I would love to go to a con film festival and just like have do in one of those like weird movies where like they get like in a massive standing ovation or like go to a movie that's so like uh mixed that people are booing and doing the same ovation at the same time just because I want to like see how that actually looks because I feel like it looks weird in person I
0: something that I think I'm going to try doing for like a smaller festival is uh, getting a press credential and using this podcast. Is like, well, technically. <laughs> <laughs> Odds are like for a small festival, there's like really no checking, right? They're just like, yeah, sure, whatever. And so how fucking sweet would it be? It's like, yeah, we now have to talk about it. Um, but that's fine.
1: Oh, absolutely. That'd be totally fine. I w- yeah. if someone if someone wants to invite us to a film festival, I would happily talk about whatever films they're showing there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So please do that to whoever is <laughs> whatever industry freak is listening to this. <laughs>
1: Um, should we go ahead and on with this movie?
0: Yeah, let's okay. Um, so you you
1: do, it, it, do you want to do it?
0: I want you to do it.
1: Okay. Welcome to. We're not here to watch Friends. The podcast about Friends by Friends for Friends. Perfect.
0: I love it. I like it. Uh, but well, it's not. It's it's not about Friends though.
1: Okay, I'm gonna redo it then.
0: <laughs> well, where's Lisa?
1: always takes care of us. Welcome to We're Not Here to Watch Friends, the podcast about the filmographies of the cast of Friends, except for the TV show Friends, by two friends, Daniel and Brandon. I'm Daniel.
0: I'm Brandon. It's also four Friends. And
1: it's also four Friends. Everyone's yeah. a friend of Everyone it's who a, listens to the show is a friend.
0: Everyone who's a friend of the pod is a friend in italics of the pod. <laughs> yes, of course. It's <laughs> yeah, a little trademark afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Fre- <f. r>. I. Dot <laughs> <laughs>
1: This week we watched the Disney Plus original movie "Better Nate Than Ever," which already off the bat, interesting name for a movie. I
0: guess it's too much wordplay because okay, so it's better late than never is supposed to is like the phrase that it's playing on, but it changed both words. It should have been called "Better Nate Than Never" or "Better Late Than Ever," but they just changed too many words. It's like it's like a it's too far removed from the original original phrase where it's not wordplay anymore.
1: Yeah, because every time I say it, I think I'm saying it wrong. Yeah. As soon as I get to the ever part, I rethink my entire like pronunciation of every word that I've said in there. I'm like, that they, they can't possibly be their way to say this, because better late than ever is not a thing. Yeah. So it just kind of throws everything off. Like, I guess the ideas are trying to say, oh, we threw the N over here, and the L is gone. Which, <laughs> you know what, maybe that's the point. Maybe the point is that he's not taking any L's in this movie.
0: It, it should have been better Nate than Lever.
1: <laughs> that would actually have been very funny. I would have very much appreciated
0: that Then just switching the letters around That would have worked it's like they would have Had to include a lever into The (laughs) storyline at some point Yeah they would
1: have okay wait I got a Pitch on that they would have easily they would have just changed The plot because in the movie He and his best friend run away to New York to Audition for a Lilo and Stitch musical That's gonna be on Broadway and they're in middle school And the plot change would be If it was better Nate than Lever They would have had it be uh, Not a Lilo and Stitch but Emperor's New groove musical. Oh. But- the lever honk type stuff.
0: My pitch to change is that instead of him trying out to be in the musical, he wants to be part of the stage crew. And he's like pulling in like the curtain levers and all that stuff. Exploding.
1: Auditions for a Broadway stage crew without being unionized.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a non-union production of the Lilo and Stitch. I bet Disney would love that. <laughs> it's true, I'm sure. <laughs> and, and so the ending is like the lever for the curtain is like broken and so he has to like manually pull it and so that's why it's better nate than lever because he does such a better job opening the curtain than the lever ever could it becomes like a man with machine type movie instead
1: whoa um to uh, to kind of punch that up possibly or at least punch it sideways <laughs> 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 instead of the that my idea is that he's a stage crew on his musical that is in his middle school um but like he gets put in the stage crew, but he wants to be the lead so he goes to broadway to audition to be the lead of leo and stitch but their lever breaks and no one for some reason on a Broadway musical knows how to fix it so this middle schooler who was very like good at stage crew stuff is able to fix it at the end and save the musical
0: yeah because he's like a blue collar guy from pennsylvania so it's like oh wow he knows how to fix things because he's from the Rust Belt.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's from Pittsburgh. Yeah.
0: Wow. We wrote three better movies than this one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, okay. So, like, this movie was... I I didn't really mind most of this movie. It's pretty inoffensive, and it wasn't bad. It clearly, I feel like, had a couple rewrites, maybe, or there was some weird thing that happened because there's a lot of plots that were sort of not really resolved or just kind of thrown into the main plot without any sort of, like, clear, like, need.
0: I don't know. It's exactly what you sign up for when you watch a direct-to-Disney Plus movie that's, like, an hour 30 on the dot. It's, like... Mm. Yeah, this is gonna be fine and, you know, on the on the south side of bad, but not like not like wow, this was a horrible piece of trash. It'll just be like, yeah, this was a movie that I watched and I have, you know, like no no like it, it didn't imprint on me at all. You know, like I only have thoughts of it because we watched it for this podcast. Otherwise I wouldn't even like remember I saw it like a day later.
1: Yeah, there's always movies like a lot of times I'll kinda of just like throw I'll just circle through like letterbox and just be like oh is this bad like you know did i see this movie i have no idea i can't tell like in this movie i feel like if we did not watch it for this podcast i probably would eventually have that yeah where i cannot tell if i saw this movie because it's a clear just one you throw on when you just want to have something on in the background maybe and just be like oh i'm enjoying these kids reaching their dreams or whatever
0: yeah i mean this movie barely has any conflict like the main conflict is like he doesn't want anyone to find out that he like snuck away to new York, but then. When everyone finds out, like, like you know, his, his aunt finds out, then his brother, and then his parents, he never gets in trouble. No one really gets mad at him for doing it. They're like, well, what are you going to do? You got to follow your dreams, buddy. Of course you took a bus from Pittsburgh to New York without telling anyone, and you're, like, 12 or 10 or however old he's supposed to be in this movie. Oh, well, because
1: that's the problem. Like, this movie, I hate to say this, this movie could have used another 20 minutes
0: because... <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i i disagree insofar as the movie probably should have been an hour and 34 minutes shorter and not existed at all but yeah if they were gonna flesh stuff out it could have it could have used a little more time
1: like because what you're saying like every conflict immediately gets resolved the parents don't come into the movie until the very like they don't they don't factor into the movie until the very end beyond just comically missing him being on like tv in the background or whatever while they're like yeah. the, on their trip but at the end when the parents finally come into play he gets called to the principal's office and he sees the parents and they find out he went to New York and he's like freaking out he's like oh no like I guess I probably gonna be in trouble now and that's at the exact same moment he finds out he's cast in Lilo and Stitch which is just automatically removing any sort of conflict scene like there should have been something with the parents somewhere down the line where like he has like a heart to heart with his parents or like maybe his I don't know his dad especially because his dad seems to not really get his whole Broadway love there should have been something there otherwise the parents just exist to be a plot point
0: yeah and I think that if you're gonna have like as little conflict as this movie had then throw in another like two musical numbers it's crazy that this movie is not quite a musical and then the songs that they do are like songs that already exist too it's sort of like i don't know man pick a lane you know
1: because there's like that one song that they well i don't know there's at least a couple that felt like they had to be disney song though yeah like, yeah all, mean, like he did it on broadway obviously and then like there's a couple other ones that felt like they might be broadway tunes but i gotta imagine at least like one of them must have been legit
0: yeah but even then like they don't do like a full number you know like it's like they'll he'll sing like a little bit and i think this kid is pretty great too for this being the only thing he, I, he's ever done but i thought yeah, was,
1: both the main kids were cast very well for this movie
0: yeah yeah i i hope they are in more stuff i was like kind of like i was just like man this guy this kid playing nate is like really like laying it all on the line yeah i gotta imagine that the kid who played Nate um, in real life is just the exact same.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because it feels like they probably cast him as like this character when they got like him in the audition because he feels very unique already.
0: Yeah, but also like, I feel like, you know, in middle school, there's always that one kid who's like already has decided he wants to be like on Broadway and like does all the plays and stuff. This kid is the most annoying kid in your high school who then like 10 years later, you're like, Oh, fuck, he went to Julia well okay good for him i guess you know like that, yeah. that like type exists in every middle school and they just went and found the most version of that type ever and then they're like do you want to be in a direct to streaming movie
1: i mean hey, it's a decent gig especially for disney plus a lot of will get started from doing those kind of direct to streaming or you know like yeah you know disney channel original movies back in the day Like, i guess would like now that disney channel original movies are probably gone like at least they used to be called like d i guess now it's disney plus so it's like d yeah
0: and this was was a very uh, disney channel original movie ass movie
1: yeah it felt slightly different because there was a couple jokes in there that like they would not be allowed to be said on disney channel but disney yeah. plus can say them which actually brings me to one point i want to mention which is they never say he's official they never actually say in the movie that he's gay uh even though they hinted it like 20 million times but they never yeah. actually say the word um, no I
0: have, I have the same criticism for this movie as i do for top gun maverick not gay enough
1: oh yeah yeah it seems like a lot of <laughs> a lot of these things like to toy around and like not actually say anything like I mean I have not seen Top Gun Mavericks so I have no idea what happens in that but
0: have you seen the first Top Gun
1: um I know it's I know it has a lot of very like you know gay subtext scenes in it
0: it's like 75% less gay as the first one and in, which is sort of like you know taking away the core of what Top Gun is but I still really liked it but that's not really important to this conversation I the, the thing about Disney is they love to put in like a vaguely queer character but never actually say it because they're like, we got to think about, you know, like our like overseas audiences and stuff. And it's just, it's such a cowardly move to try to have your cake and eat it too. And something like that, especially a movie like this, where it's like, well, I guess he's also like 10. So like
1: he's like 13, isn't
0: he? No, he's in middle school. So yeah,
1: so he's like 13.
0: Oh, um, okay. Whatever. I mean, he's somewhere he's in the seventh grade. People in seventh what? grade are like
1: 13 or 12.
0: I thought they were like 11. No.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, it, my, my other problem with the uh, whole thing of them not ever saying he's gay was that they make one joke late in what in the movie at one point when he thinks like he's saying he has a photographic memory and he says I have a pornographic memory instead and they're allowed to say that clearly yeah so they it wasn't a question of oh we have to like tone down certain things they're allowed to say the word pornographic so I think it's that you can say that someone's gay in the movie
0: yeah for sure
1: but yeah I mean it was nice to like have a because like I mean it seemed like his best friend sort of had a crush on him um so it's nice at least they had a couple of scenes where they talked about how he's not attracted to her because he's not attracted to women, at least. Yeah. But it was so that was sort of nice. And now their whole like dynamic was good, I thought, between the two of them.
0: Yeah, and like she has a very satisfying like arc too, where then she she becomes like a talent manager at the end. Yeah. uh which is uh, an insane thing for a middle schooler to want to do for a living. But that's <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that was funny though. Yeah, no, it, it's a it's like a good bit, but it's also just like, oh, that's not like a job you want when you're that. That I didn't know that type of job. Again existed back then but you know
1: yeah it doesn't seem like one that you would expect to exist
0: yeah uh, well, i mean right. it's fine it's funny and it's cute so
1: yeah it works i probably really need um and i guess she was in i, I didn't really know um either this because they're pretty brand new uh but aria brooks is the one who plays the uh friend and she was i guess in one of the newer seasons of all that um did you ever watch all that back in the day
0: that was keenan and keel's thing right
1: yeah keenan and Kel and uh amanda Bynes and a few other people it was like basically snl for kids
0: yeah i didn't realize that it still existed.
1: Well, they rebooted it a couple years ago to try to like pander to like a nostalgia audience. And I don't think it really works super well.
0: Yeah, it's weird to pander to nostalgia audience and then be like, but it's also children doing sketches still like I'm a, I'm not going to watch that like I'm not that nostalgic for it. if it was the original cast and they're all now adults doing sketches then maybe but like the idea of like, hey, do you a grown up want to watch a show where a bunch of kids do jokes? And you're like, nah, man, not really. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's not exactly something that's I mean yeah I mean I I, I don't think it, I think it's one of those things where parents would probably see it's on and be like oh man I used to watch this as a kid let me get my kid to try and watch this now so they can mm. like the new version of this probably, sure. I guess um, and I'm sure they brought back some of the old cast for like random episodes like yeah. Kel probably came back for a few <laughs> yeah so I guess she at least had like a stage presence and I guess the kid the main kid uh, Ruby Wood was in like a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory like national touring group Um. so you know sure. they, they both clearly had like stuff going on before which makes sense as to why they were on Disney his radar probably.
0: Yeah. And his um, parents were both in a uh, Wicked.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Um, which I guess especially it's even more fun because the dad kept trashing Wicked the whole time.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: he kept saying like he didn't like it and like he didn't want them to say it. Because at one point they sang a wicked song like in the car. Like in the dad before is like, oh I hope they don't not sing wicked. And then the they cut to them saying Wicked of course.
0: Yeah. That's a um, good bit.
1: Yeah, it is. Oh they, uh, they apparently are a couple original songs in the movie. Um like I think at one point like when they're the main two kids are like saying a song together about sure. their that one's original. And there's I think one or two other ones. Out there, and then the guy who gives the um quarter to him, like on when he's doing like the Times Square performance, mm-hmm. um, of on Broadway, I think he sunned that song and um, as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I saw that as well.
1: So they do they do a lot of like Broadway stuff, um, it's kind of I, which makes sense, yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, because it was, yeah, it's George Benson who I guess, like, I think he had like a version of maybe, maybe it wasn't on Broadway, but he has like a song, he does that song like in like an album, I think, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, and so like they do, and then I guess I mean they um like it, it is kind of interesting that like they cast because a lot of Disney movies like to do that where they'll cast random people um for like a couple like scenes or whatever but they're like actually like legitimate like huge like Broadway stars or something but it's just they're not like well known to the American public probably because I feel like every single one of these New York movies that exist usually cast like a bunch of Broadway people because that's why you always see like in like a Broadway playbill like you know this person Law and order and sex in the city and all these things because everyone who's on Broadway just gets thrown into like a New York production pretty much of like a TV show.
0: Or movie. Yeah, yeah. So
1: filming this in New York made it so they just cast a bunch of Broadway people in it, which makes sense.
0: Uh, should we Should we uh, talk about, uh, you know, the reason we watched this for the pod? A little little uh, Lisa Kudrow action here?
1: Yes, we should.
0: So I was just gonna say, wildly out of place in this movie. Like, she works, and she she's very good at being like an ant character, but also, I don't know, the whole time I was watching, I was like, Lisa, what are, what are you doing? Like, come on. Like, you're too good I, for this.
1: <laughs> I thought she was funny though like she was when she was interacting with the two kids she was very funny
0: she's she's great in this don't get me wrong but she just shouldn't have said yes to it at all like it's just she's like giving like undeserved star credibility to this movie
1: yeah maybe a little bit uh but she was she was pretty funny like she had a few funny lines and it seemed like they kept messing everything up for her like every time she was doing something like for auditioning they would like make it so she can't audition or when she was doing her catering job like he made her drop the cake because she was in shock of seeing him yeah like a bunch of shit basically kept happening to her that was causing her life hell for basically having these kids around.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she really takes it all in stride. Yeah, she does. The scene where he's hiding underneath, like, the catering table, and then she's, like, talking to her co-workers about how great her nephew is. Yeah. I, I was just like, come on. <laughs> like, that, that was cute. I, I was already, like, at that time sort of, like, percolating. Like, I was like, wow, there's, there's like, no conflict in this movie, like, at all. And then that scene happened. I'm like, he overheard someone talk about how great he is. Like, that's, like, the opposite of what, <laughs> like, this is the whole movie is just everyone being like wow that Nate kid fucking rules and uh we're gonna keep giving him more opportunities and chances to prove how great he is and then wow we were right to do that because he is great you know
1: yeah because everyone who's not his I mean I guess at a certain point even his brother turns around him but like everyone who's not in his school always is like I see the I see great things in this kid or something
0: yeah like at the audition where they're like well we can throw this guy in the trash and then the one lady was like oh man the kid who ripped his pants he's so funny we have to give him a second chance and everyone's like okay and there's like no reason for her to have done that you the know the reason
1: I thought of was because he bought like a ongoing thing in the movie is that he loses his uh rabbit foot uh from his backpack the bully takes it from him at the beginning of the movie and then afterwards he has a lot of bad luck occur and then he buys one at the airport or the bus station or whatever he was going to to get on the yeah and then as soon as he buys it that scene happens where the casting directors are talking about who they want to remove and that's when the person says oh we should keep him in here
0: oh I guess that makes sense I don't like it but that makes sense
1: it was sort of interesting to throw that in there but it made it made me think that okay at least this movie is trying to connect things sort of yeah
0: yeah for sure
1: Um, going back to Lisa Kudrow I couldn't get a good look at this so I wasn't sure if I was correct on this but it looked like her because at one point she's about to call the mom on the phone so like her you know like home screen shows up and it looked like her wallpaper was the Watchmen logo
0: (laughs) It was probably just a smiley face, right? Not. Well, not why would you
1: have a random smiley face that looks like the Watchmen logo, but it's not the WA logo?
0: You know. Well, but the smiley, the Watchmen logo is just the generic yellow smiley face, but with like blood on it.
1: Yeah, but who has the generic yellow smiley face nowadays without being Watchmen?
0: I think I think you're you're stretching for the that smiley face is so famous. Force Gump invents it in the movie. Like that's that's he not does,
1: really. I forgot. Yeah, that.
0: It's, it's not the Watchmen logo. It's just a smiley face. Like the Watchmen logo is a play on the classic yellow smiley face by putting blood on it. You know, it's actually not even the Watchmen logo. It's the comedian's logo who is a member of the Watchmen. And the blood is his blood when he gets murdered. Um, And then Rorschach investigates his murder. And, you know, that's the inciting incident of the comics. It's true.
1: Well, it's the logo they use on every Watchmen thing that exists. So it's the Watchmen logo in real life.
0: (laughs) It's not. That's the whole thing.
1: Me <laughs> it was, but I saw that I immediately was like, "That's definitely the Watchmen logo." Lisa Kudrow's a huge Watchmen fan. She probably she probably loves Warshack.
0: It, it very much so can't be because uh, Warner Brothers owns the Watchmen things, and that's like they you know they very they love to put their own IP in things, but they can't cross the streams there.
1: I don't know. I feel like they were trying to imply to us that Lisa Kudrow had like a you know weird personality because the thing is Warner Brothers owns Friends, don't they? So I guess. They were like, we can't have um, like a fountain on here. <laughs> Let's instead have the uh, logo of another Warner Brothers production and put in a uh, logo of Watchmen on her phone. But they so we get
0: own Lisa Kudrow's likeness. <laughs> I
1: don't know. I don't know a contract those friends people signed to get million dollars per episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, but you you're are, well, you're a hundred percent wrong on this. It's just the smiley face.
1: <laughs> keep an eye on every Lisa Kudrow production. See if you see the Watchmen. Logo on her phone. I think it's out there.
0: Uh, man. You, you think that every time someone sends you like an emoji, you're like, "Wow, the Watchmen logo, but it's frowning."
1: Yeah, it's fucked up. People send me Watchmen logos all the time. Anytime you watched the movie or the TV show or the comics.
0: Oh my god!
1: But yeah, no, it's absolutely the Watchmen logo, and I will not be hearing otherwise. Okay, uh, but yeah, no. I mean, so that was an, that was like a fun little like Easter egg. Um. <laughs> <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> I also liked... The other thing I liked about, like, you know, speaking of phones, was when, um, like, they, like gave lisa kudrow the wrong number so she'd keep calling the best friend instead of the mom so that they wouldn't get caught and at one point like the uh best friend just sends like a thumbs up emoji to lisa kudrow instead of like anything that like implies that she gets what's going on which is i thought was also funny but then they add on like it was like it's also an african-american thumbs up emoji and i thought that was pretty funny too
0: yeah that's a good bit uh that was
1: that's my favorite joke of the movie i think <laughs> i actually legitimately laughed at that
0: yeah that i i think i agree with that 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 was like the one time where i was like yeah pretty good pretty good
1: yeah that was actually funny. Um, cool. yeah uh so and then like one of the things i want to point out because this you know a lot of these movies follow the same kind of tropes and like having like an older brother who doesn't get his younger brother kind of falls into that very quickly but the older brother doing the classic thing of drinking out of the juice carton without getting like a cup that feels like something that only happened in like 2002 like disney channel movies i feel like that doesn't even happen
0: anymore it's a real classic trope and also i don't think i know like i mean I, when i lived alone i used to do it all the time but i also, uh, you know, just had my own shit. And so it doesn't matter. It's such like a thing that happens in movies and not in real life.
1: Yeah. Because I remember like when I saw I kept seeing it happen. I think I got Malcolm in the middle when I was a kid. I was mm-hmm. like, that's so cool. They're doing that. I wish I could do that. And <laughs> so now I'm like, that would be just kind of just annoying to have to hold like the, you know, gallon jug or whatever and just drink out of it instead of just pour into a cup. Like, yeah. So much yeah. easier.
0: Also, also he completely 180s on his brother for no reason at all. Like he's like a real like jerk to him and then he's like, actually, I don't think you're weird and I'm going to help you follow your dreams. And there's just no reason for him to do that. I mean, but that's just again like just sort of how this movie works where everyone ends up eventually just being like, well, the only thing that matters is Nate gets to fulfill his dreams and we'll help him out. And I like as a character, I seem to have no uh, motivations outside of that.
1: Yes, that's definitely true. He barely had because they would make the brother have like a side plot occasionally. The side plot never mattered until like it was like all that mattered for the side plot was that he threw a party and they were like oh we can use this against him they never use it against him at all it's not even used as a plot point nothing's used as a plot point in this movie that is thrown out there to subtly be a plot point yeah uh,
0: like he gets injured and that just doesn't come up again really you know he gets like,
1: terribly injured and then still goes to New York City and chases around his brother
0: I get like if I feel like that there was a scene on the cutting room floor where he realized his injury meant that he had to give up his dream of being like a track star, but Nate still had a chance to like fulfill his but they just never like make that connection in a real way at all. It's just yeah, he's injured. And that's why he's home early, you know?
1: Yeah, that didn't really fly. Um, also, people post pictures on Instagram hours after they occur. So it's possible he really did. I mean, you know, like, it, it, you never know, like, because like, at one point, like when he's at the house, and he sees like the brother's picture get posted, it's possible the brother took that picture hours ago, and then just post on Instagram right then. yeah. Like, come on, guy.
0: It's it's not it's not as suspicious as he thinks it is.
1: The only thing that was suspicious was having, like, the five dog bulls out to, like, overfeed the dog so they don't have oh, to. Oh, yeah, yeah, That yeah. was suspicious. But the Instagram post was not suspicious. Yeah. Uh, but so also the brother is played by Joshua Bassett, who, you know, I mean, like, obviously, Olivia Rodrigo's ex that they had the whole thing for. That's why driver's license exists, etc. But he's also in the High School Musical TV show. So he's going to get typecast so much as the guy who is in Disney themes where they put on a music. Musical of something. Because, like, the point of the high school musical TV show is that they like put on like a different like Disney like musical each year or something. And, um, like it seems like it's just, I mean, like they kind of just keep constantly like putting this kid in something where the idea is that a Disney property is being made into a musical in the actual movie or TV show.
0: Yeah. Uh, wait, can you back up a little bit? He's whose ex?
1: He's like Olivia Rodrigo's ex. Driver's license is about him.
0: Oh, I don't think I knew that. I also don't think. I am super familiar with the song driver's place really like I listened to her album when it came out
1: that was like her that was that was Lily Rodrigo's inciting incident was it will.
0: off whatever it was like her it, first hit that was album. the one that
1: like blew her up
0: is it off the album where she's like sticking her tongue out and stuff yeah okay yeah I only listened to it like once and I was like this is fine that's like um, the,
1: that's one of the biggest songs of the past like five years
0: damn who's who's uh who's the blonde girl she's in stuff too no like in the song <laughs> in the lyrics uh, you're probably with that blonde girl. Sorry, I'm looking up driver's license right now to see if it's overtly about this guy. Yes. But it's, so yeah, it's Who's- it's one
1: of the, yeah. It's very it's very much about him. Um, um. But yeah that's almost that's almost massive i'm shocked you've not like i mean i'm sure i've
0: heard it i just didn't know i was i never had heard of this guy before i watched this and so i didn't you know it's just like a vague breakup song that i'm like "Eh, who cares like i don't know i don't spend that much time in like a cvs which i'm assuming is where i would hear that song the most Um, (laughs) uh, so yeah i just i just sort of missed it
1: uh speaking of cvs and companies i noticed that it seemed like like, they make a very big point of highlighting Lyft when they're getting a Lyft to go to the uh, bus station. Yeah. Like, do you think Lyft sponsored this?
0: Uh, I wonder if like Lyft has like seed money from like a Disney like, executive or something because it was weird that they were like is Lyft now the go-to because Uber has gotten more expensive because I feel like like people used to always name drop Uber in movies so you knew it took place in like 2018 or whatever but I have noticed that more and more people started using using like l- referring to the company Lyft by name if i wrote a movie i would just have them say use a ride share
1: <laughs> well I, my guess is the idea is that um because i remember i noticed this like a couple of years ago i i want to say the runaways that tv show on hulu about like his superhero kids or whatever i think they use Lyft like very prominently also i remember catching that and thinking like whenever i see lyft from then on i always assume that lyft sponsored the thing because the idea is that usually people would just say uber when they were just saying something but if they say lyft instead it's the equivalent of saying microsoft bane instead of uh, google and like you know like in like hawaii 5.0, they say like oh just bane it instead Ooh, of like, google it
0: okay uh yes uber and lyft have in- infiltrated the marvel cin- cinematic universe this article came out like four years ago uh all that said lyft is the true star of marvel's ride hailing market largely due to hulu's the runaways when the show was when the show released hulu and lyft struck a deal that led lyft to become the official sponsor sponsor of the show. So you're right about that. There you so go. probably, I'm assuming they still have this, uh, yeah. I'm assuming that they still have this deal with, uh, with Disney then, um, that they're, like, the official rideshare of the, the Disney cinematic universe.
1: That makes sense. I can't wait for Star Wars to have a Lyft reference. Uh, but yeah, so I don't think I know any other sponsors in this movie. Um, yeah. just, that was the main one that caught my eye. I mean, obviously the Watchmen, but, you know, besides that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, and so, like, the other thing, speaking of, like references and things to things like when they had the very beginning they make a point of trashing Avenue Q like when they're talking about like the Tonys like they mm-hmm. like do one of those like oh like I think they say when he's like are you being truthful about this and then she says is Avenue Q uh given the Tony over Wicked in 2004 for best musical or something and he's like obviously and like it's just like a huge diss to Avenue Q but um that was kind of I guess the idea was that they love Wicked probably
0: also uh I don't know like isn't Avenue Q the one that's like Muppets, but they're dirty. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's not really for kids. They wouldn't like it. They, they wouldn't get it. Um, yeah, those
1: kids didn't get it at all. That's Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> one that adults like that's for like adult humor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they also call Lilo and Stitch a cult classic at one point.
0: Yeah. The, the whole Disney IP thing of putting their own shit in their shit and then having to like comment on it is insane because like it's not a cult classic. It was a wildly successful film from Jump Street.
1: Yeah, it had like sequels. It had a TV show for a few years. Like it ran the whole gambit of like being like a popular Disney product.
0: Yeah. Um. But this actually kind of segues into something I want to talk about, which is the guy who wrote and directed this movie. It's based off a book that he also wrote. And in the book, it's the kids are running away to try out for E.T. the musical, which <laughs> is much funnier.
1: <laughs> that is a lot funnier.
0: Yeah. But and I understand why they didn't like didn't do like et uh you know for like ip reasons they want to just put their own shit in it but like like that's just a good joke it's just like oh who the fuck would go see et the musical where they played a little too sincere where i was like is disney planning a lilo and stitch musical and that's the only reason this movie exists (laughs) they were they were too nice about lilo and stitch you know like that's that's like the big problem with like disney owning all this stuff is you can't make a thing that comments on another other thing without like just being like it's great and we love it don't we love our things and all the things we own and don't you don't forget we own all of these things
1: yes that's true um I mean because that's that pretty much every time they, 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 they like watch Lilo and Stitch at certain points in the movie it's like okay we get it it's a great movie we can't wait to watch re-watch it after we watch this movie on Disney plus with our children or whatever kind of thing yeah um also I just realized that the guy who uh wrote and directed this movie and wrote the book also is a writer and producer on the high school musical TV show yeah, yeah. Which yeah. means that this guy basically is like, he's like, he basically is like to Disney's like, yo, look, I'm your guy. If you want to promote another product in a new product without making it obvious and having it be a little meta, like hit me up pretty much.
0: Yeah. How do you think, you, how do you pronounce this guy's last name? Tim Federley? I would go with that. Tim Federley? Tim yeah. Federley? Yeah. I I don't, I don't have a problem with this. I don't have, a, I don't have a problem with this movie, but this guy needs to go fuck himself because he wrote a cocktail recipe book called Tequila Mockingbird. Bird. Fuck off. That sucks. <laughs> I
1: don't know. I think that's fine. I mean, you know, you got you do I think okay. I think Gone with the Gin is a little better, maybe.
0: Nice. That that is a lot better.
1: Which he wrote. That's one of his other cocktail books.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Well, actually now I hate it. I hate it now. I'm seeing Hickory Dackery Doc. That's really bad. Cocktails with a nursery rhyme twist. Just just I don't know. That I I I like books that are written just to be like eight dollars at urban outfitters bother me so much and that seems like that this is entirely what this guy was trying to do of just like This
1: guy loves puns.
0: Yeah, but not even good puns. Like tequila mockingbird is like such an old joke at this point, you know?
1: Maybe he was not old when he made it to a book. Uh,
0: in 2013. <laughs>
1: Um, I think Alvin's a good one though. But
0: it won the best cookbook of 2013 award. Come on,
1: that's he what he's doing. I mean, that's the thing. Like, this guy's clearly just—he's clearly figured out what to do in order to like make money for this stuff. Like, he makes like this. Made, all his books have puns in them, so people like automatically notice them at like a bookstore. Yeah, and like that's that's part—that's like half the gambit right there.
0: Yeah, he he also wrote Ferdinand, so I guess I guess he's just a mixed bag because I I liked Ferdinand.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he's fine. I got to think yeah. Awesome. Um,
0: John Cena is everything that The Rock wishes he was.
1: I think The Rock has a few funny movies.
0: I think he's fine. I think John Cena is better in everything. I fucking love John Cena. John Cena's very funny. Dude, uh, man, sorry. This I'm gonna just go off on a John Cena thing for a bit. F9, like he is like actually like delivering like a like an emotionally like strong uh like like he's like you like really buy him as being like Vin's brother. And then have you seen have you seen Peacemaker on HBO? Kind okay. Of couple episodes it's fucking great it's like re like oh man like I thought I thought the Suicide Squad was pretty good I like James Gunn you know the first one is obviously garbage and then yeah. James Gunn did a very good job of like hey like we're doing sort of a reset and they like kind of acknowledge that in the movie in the beginning in a really funny way and it's like extremely gory but like almost cartoonishly and then Peacemaker I'm just like this rules give John Cena more stuff I'm really I'm really like I'm, I'm loving me some John Cena so I take back the fuck this guy Guy for writing dumb cocktail books, because he also wrote a good John Cena book. I have now landed on, I still don't really like this guy, but he's okay.
1: I think he's fine. I mean, he's writing young adult novels. They seem to be in good buzz. Clearly, this movie got made based on one of the young really adult movies, he, or movie, one of the young adult books that he wrote. Like, you know, fine. I think it. I think it's fine. He's making interesting content that's like, especially like, you know, I mean, even though this movie isn't allowed to say, um, like, the word gay at all, apparently. He's still at least kind of pushing the envelope enough in, like you know adult fiction and getting like a Disney movie made about that is kind of a big deal. So, I don't know. Got to give him at least a little credit there cuz Disney was pretty bad about um having any sort of like queer content on their uh like network pretty much. Um so, you know, that's fine with me. If you, yeah. You and again, it, I don't it, have a problem with, a bit enough.
0: Yeah. And I again, I don't have a problem with this movie. It's everything else that he's done that's annoying. <laughs> the caracol looks.
1: He also yeah. so one other thing I want to mention is um like this end of the movie definitely sets it up to make it seem like they want to do a sequel and there are multiple sequels to this uh like book so i wonder if they're gonna try to do a sequel to this movie at some point yeah maybe because the books also have uh pun names it's five six seven nate and then nate expectations
0: that that one's fine five six seven nate is bad Eh. but better than better nate than ever which again too too far away from the original phrase to work at least the other two are like more straight up puns
1: at least like it sounds like he's making he's honing his craft a bit yeah he gets he's getting better with his cocktail guide name he's also getting better with his Nate puns.
0: I don't think he's getting better with his cocktail guides. I think Hickory Daiquiri Doc is worse than Tequila Mockingbird.
1: But Gone with the Gin is better than both of them.
0: Gone with the Gin is good. That's that's just straight up good. Yeah, yeah. I, I gotta credit where credit's due on that one.
1: But yeah, I mean, and then yeah. the problem is, okay, then this, uh, he didn't make the name of this, I'm pretty sure. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe he did. Um, but High School Musical colon the musical colon the series is a very hard name to uh, warrant existing if except for the fact that it, I'm hoping that it's supposed to be like funny how long it is. It
0: is because like the the whole thing about it is it's sort of like a meta show. Yeah. It's like, so I think it's I think it's supposed to be a joke because it's like the high school is putting on high school musical. And so it's about like the making of this high school's rendition of high school musical. And so calling it like high school musical, the musical of the series, it's I think it's supposed to be sort of like a wink. Um that's but fine. it is still very clunky. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very earth. clunky.
1: But you know, that's it's that's funny enough at least. Yeah. Um, also, okay. So another thing I want to mention: we didn't really um, like when the movie first started off. They immediately like I think maybe when like he like is taught like when the brother comes in and like starts trashing him or whatever, insulting him. They they do like a record scratch moment. Like they have like a like one of those like record scratch sounds playing, mm-hmm. like which seems sort of you know obviously corny. But that yeah. was kind of like a, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh no,
0: <laughs> I'm a <little> now. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and then also, I have the same problem with Stranger Things, but whenever these movies or TV shows have like a kid who's clearly out of place and just like everyone like in his class just like relentlessly bullies him. That was kind of annoying. Because it's like, I mean, like you know, in real life it's more subtle than that usually, I feel like. Cause like in Stranger Things, like there's a character in the new season who just ridiculous who's just bullied like adamantly, just like without any sort of let up at all. And it's clearly just to be like, this is out of place. Isn't that so like weird? And then this movie, there's like multiple scenes where people just think like, you know, won't let him sit on the bus with them. And then yeah. like at the end when he's like on the phone with um uh the best friend I think and like people are just throwing pencils at him just constantly like in like a cafeteria.
0: Yeah I mean it it, you know it comes back to this thing of like he has to like like in order for like the story to work it's like he has to like triumph over all the haters and stuff but also um, if there was a weird loser in my middle school that everyone bullied and then they got put in like a Broadway production people wouldn't stop bullying them just because of that like I know know the people I went to middle school well enough to know that that would be a whole new reason Reason for them to be mean to that kid. Um. <laughs> um
1: and then also the at the end scenes like there after he had that big TikTok. I guess maybe that's not enough for either for people to stop bullying a kid, but I feel like that'd get something.
0: Well, and also like does any of that shit have the staying power that this movie implies? Like, you know, there's like a people watch like nine hundred like viral TikToks a day, and I don't you know, then it's just like, all right, who cares? You know?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean I think the news story makes sense because a lot of those like good morning America or today shows love having like a news story about this cat went viral on TikTok. Which,
0: yeah, like, especially like local news. They love to be like in meme news today, like because it's like an easy like five minute segment, but it is just yeah. sort of it's I don't know. It's a funny plot device that also doesn't really go anywhere like every other plot device this movie has.
1: Yeah, like he barters it for like a free metro free subway ride in New York. And that's yeah. pretty much it. Um, yeah. But and like the parents almost see it, but they don't. Yeah, Which because so right, yeah, they're too busy fun. <laughs> uh, and um speak and also speaking of the parents the scene where they tell the kids they're going on vacation they bring both of them into the like room and make it seem like it's like a really good news thing for the whole family and then it's just we're going on a trip you guys are stuck here yeah <laughs> like, It does not really i mean they didn't even play it for that i don't think like it wasn't like implying like oh these parents are just really like yeah. aloof about how much the kids because again the-, the youngest son obviously was fine with it because he wanted to then go to broadway mm. uh, but it-, it was really weird the way they played that
0: yeah for sure um
1: um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I thought parts of the movie were kind of funny. I, yeah. I didn't mind it that much. I think it's very harmless. It's, it's, a, it's
0: wildly inoffensive and a little bit boring.
1: Yeah, there's definitely some moments that are kind of boring, but I feel like the two kids sort of carry their scenes enough that I'm usually at least somewhat interested in what the hell they're going to do. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of this movie, though, what are your thoughts on Lilo and Stitch? Did you watch that or any of the other movies from that franchise or TV show?
0: I've seen Lilo and Stitch. I think I watched it when it like first came out, so I was very young, but like probably a little... When did that movie come out actually?
1: Uh, It came out in 2002.
0: right, so I was like on the like tail end of this movie being for me because I would have been like turning 10 and so like Mm -hmm. that's like like, right when you start aging out of like, "Mm, I'm too old for cartoons. They're for babies. Um, And by then like the new Star Wars had come out. So I was into uh, serious adult films by then. Or at least so I thought (laughs) that's what Star Wars were. (laughs) 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 It turns out that those are also kids movies but i didn't know it at the time so i don't really remember it i think i remember i remember everyone loving it and me not getting the hype like there was so much like lilo and Stitch merch like everyone had like a stuffed stitch that they were like obsessed with and like people would like like people in like my middle school would like always like talk in like the stitch voice and stuff and i was just like everyone needs to chill the fuck out on this movie like i remember not thinking it was that good um but i think you ran
1: into I run into a lot with movies where like people go crazy about it in your school and then you don't like it as much and you then go from like oh this movie's fine to I hate this movie because everyone loves it so much and I didn't like it that much
0: yeah like I don't think I have a problem with it I also don't remember a single detail about it like other than it's like an alien in Hawaii
1: yeah well I'm kind of in the opposite train where I watched this movie a billion times on Disney when it first came out because they always would rerun it on Disney um, mm-hmm. I don't even know if I, I don't think I saw it in a theater I think I just watched on Disney but it would always be on like the Friday night Disney movie I think because I feel like I remember watching it like so many times and I watched like the TV show I think I watched at least like one or two of the direct to DVD movies that they had because it was also aired on Disney I believe Um, and then I rewatched it during the pandemic again uh, the movie and it, I thought it still holds up like I think it's one of the better Disney movies that they have out there
0: do you think it would work as a musical
1: um I think they could pull it off if they really wanted to I mean they do musicals for everything nowadays it definitely could like possibly work well
0: I mean there's like a lot of like outer space stuff right it would be hard to do a production like a stage production i think
1: i think that the different no there's not really that much outer space stuff they only have like two scenes there like technically in outer space and both of them are just like inside the ships
0: okay so it like, wouldn't be like a spider-man uh into the dark situation well,
1: in the in this they make a point of saying like oh if you're you have to be not afraid of heights because you do a lot of flying so i guess yeah. they would if they were to do this apparently based on this fake production of it but <laughs> like it, I, there are a couple scenes like when like St- stitch crash lands onto into the, like hawaii i guess for that scene it's they're gonna try to do something with that i would assume instead they would just you know do a scene change and then show the crashed like plane and then have stitch yeah on. but yeah you know, i'm not a broadway director so i have no idea so i mean i think it could definitely work and like there's a lot of they do a couple elvis songs like part of the joke is that stitch loves elvis so there's definitely room for stitch to do you know karaoke of some sorts or like you know kind of like a jukebox ha- a half jukebox musical with like some original songs and their kind of vibe maybe the only issue is they don't really want to get someone with a good singing voice for stitch probably because stitch's voice is not supposed to be for singing which yeah. thing comes up in this movie a little bit but it is still kind of like a weird premise because the whole point of it was that stitch had a very unique voice to him
0: yeah i i wonder if they would just not give in i like i know in this in this movie they like talk about like stitch like like singing but like it would seem like that you wouldn't it would be like uh like does the plant in little shop of horrors sing a song i've never seen little shop of horrors but i think so like there's songs about the plant and the plant you know does like the like feed me see more but i don't think it has like a solo number or anything and i feel like like you would have to do that for like a Lilo and stitch. Is there
1: no Phoebe Seymour solo number though?
0: No, he just says it. Okay. I, I it's it. been a very long time since I've seen that movie. So maybe <laughs> this is a bad example. Um, But yeah, I, I think you would just have to make sure that stitch, you know, stitch was part of like, never does like a, like w- w- what song is he going to sing? Like a I want to go home song. Like, mm, I don't know.
1: Yeah. That wouldn't really work as well. Probably. Um They, I think there's a couple, it looks like there's a couple musical numbers of Audrey in the movie or Audrey too.
0: Um, is that the name of the plant? See, this. Yeah. I should not know if you haven't brought this up. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, And then also, the fact that they switched this from E.T. to Leo and Stitch just made me realize how similar the plots for those movies are.
0: Right? Yeah, I was thinking about that, too. It's like, it's basically the same thing. It's like a kid finds an alien, befriends it, and then has to, like, hide from the government.
1: Yeah, which I guess is now just a comment. Because I think, didn't the movie Home also have that plot with Rihanna and Jim Parsons? I've never seen that.
0: Uh, no, I never saw it.
1: I gotta assume it does, though. Um yeah. But I think it's just one of those things. Like, every, like, 15 years, it's just, like, a plot of, like kids have to hide something from the government yeah like stranger things sort of tried that trope or whatever yeah
0: but yeah stranger things doesn't have like a lovable creature element unless you count 11 (laughs) but she's like (laughs) a human (laughs) child
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's different um but yeah so it it was interesting that they decided to switch to Lilo and stitch because of that which i I guess it makes sense but i i think the movie's great um and then it's it's kind of fun like it's one of those movies where like a lot of times like it seems like these like directors or like writers will just be in their own movie as like a major character um and the guy who plays the guy who plays Stitch and Lilo and Stitch is like the person who like basically like directed and wrote it
0: oh that's fun
1: yeah so that's kind of fun it's like you know it makes sense he's the one who knows the voice he wants I guess yeah it it does seem weird to me though they cast like a middle school kid for the role of Stitch though
0: yeah I don't really get like I
1: get it because of like the size they want like for the costume but it still seems like it doesn't really work
0: yeah I mean I don't know we can't really like pick apart the decisions of this movie (laughs) because the whole thing falls apart if you start like about it too much, so <laughs> you just yeah. gotta be like, yeah, whatever. They just needed a thing, you know? The, the, they... cast, the casting calls for Lilo and Stitch are the equivalent of like, oh man, we need $80,000 to save the community center. There's a rock competition and the winner gets $80,000. Wow, this is so cool. We should put a band together. It's like <laughs> that level of like, yeah, who cares? We just need something to move the story forward.
1: That's true. But they, they kind of almost focus in too much on it at certain points to where
0: it makes you think yeah but i would agree that this movie's biggest problem is that sometimes it makes you think
1: (laughs) (laughs) at the very end they also make a point of um not showing us any of the actual performance of as stitch they just show at the end of like bowing at the end of the musical when they show the family watching him um so i gotta assume that's because they didn't want to actually like try to show us him being stitch
0: they clearly didn't have like anything really planned for that no you know they didn't want to have to try to like make a costume and too much set production for uh, what is essentially just a plot device in the background?
1: Yeah, which that's fair. That checks out. Yeah. Uh, so, one other thing I want to note: speaking of movies that have similar things to other movies, I gotta assume that this was just I don't know because I mean this is kind of the part that maybe uh, I I don't know if this is in the book or not, but it, there's a very big part of this movie that reminds me of Koda specifically. Um, which what uh, part the uh, towards the end when he's performing and like he's not doing well like in the audition and like it turns out that his family. Is watching him above, and that makes him oh, really yeah. better. Um, that part was like felt like exactly like what happened in Coda, almost. like Yeah, it's
0: like the exact same scene. I honestly, I, I kind of forgot about that. I was very checked out by the end of this movie. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you're right. That is that is pretty much the exact same thing that happens.
1: And this movie didn't start really filming until after Coda already had come out. So I'm yeah, just that out
0: there. Stole uh,
1: it. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea if this is in the book or not because they don't really give me a good, a good synopsis of the book anywhere. Yeah, um, so it's possible that that seems all. Awesome. Also in the book who knows uh but if not i'm sure some disney executives saw that on apple tv and was just oh that's a great way <laughs> to end in this movie yeah. um and they also actually they do have a couple deaf characters movie they uh, do? like they're at uh um, like when they're asking when he's asking for directions aren't there like a couple oh yeah
0: maybe i honestly again very little of this movie imprinted on me so details like that i definitely missed
1: it's not really a heavily detail-oriented movie i guess yeah but, but like it also felt like this movie had a couple like cut cost turns because like it, there are definitely certain times like i remember like when this movie was ending i saw the t- runtime left and i was like really because there was like 12 minutes left and it felt like nothing had really been resolved it felt like there was so a lot of like things to hit in terms of like you know a typical movie mm-hmm. i would expect for like you know this type of vibe but they just were not gonna hit those and they just combine them all into one final ending scene pretty much
0: imdb doesn't have like budget info up uh but i gotta imagine it was like really made on the cheap
1: yeah because disney plus like, I yeah. feel like they make those a little bit cheaper even like the very end like once he gets cast in the musical they go to credits and then the credits are just like a bunch of stuff happening after he's cast in the musical, yeah, which was a very interesting choice. I guess the idea was they wanted to just kind of end the movie with like something. and They decided that was a good montage. Yeah, I
0: think that that's like a classic like Disney Channel way of movie ending. A movie is like doing like little like snips and like like pictures and stuff of being like, oh look, things still happen. Uh, like very very parent trap.
1: Yeah, but like they don't use- the-, the parent trap. The movie ends and then they have like after stuff. This though, I would say that the stuff that they had after the ending scene during the credits was like plot material not like just fun little after things what
0: happens after the credits
1: like he the very last scene before the credits is him saying or the, him finding out that he's cast in the musical mm-hmm. and then like after that that's like literally the end it's like him just being like wow I got the job I got the part and then it cuts to credits and then the credits are just a bunch of other stuff happening which usually would end as like another final scene in the movie before the movie ends and then they'd have a credits afterwards like you know resolve things like the parents or resolve things with like Mm. the best friend or something or the brother but instead they're just going to credits and doing all that and that sort of
0: it's fine like who cares (laughs) like it's it's just it's a very disney thing to just put things in the credits now so that it kind of works
1: yeah i guess that's true also kind of i have like whenever there's like casting scenes in like movies i always like think of like the meta-ness of how they in real life had to cast the people who were in the casting scenes and everything and like because they held like they open audition casting call for this movie also so you know maybe like some of the stuff that happens in the casting they throw into the movie or something or I don't know people like it, it is always weird to me whenever like they have like kind of like not like a meta-ness but whenever they cast movies or musicals in like a movie it seems like kind of a weird thing because it's like oh are these directors actually the type of people who are like the ones who are casting this like were they actually this mean or this nice or something you know, I don't know.
0: yeah I mean I don't, it's like sometimes sometimes when there's like a you know a movie or Something about making of a movie. I get that vibe. This one felt so like hitting these particular beats of like, you know, oh, he has to be, you know, like rip his pants, do this, boom, boom, that I like, I don't think that there was any sort of like meta commentary going on. It's also based off a book. So I'm sure all that stuff already happened in it. I I do agree with you that like sometimes you're watching something and you're like, oh, this feels like it's like saying something about what the actual casting process was. But I did not get that in this movie at all it's just so like like got to do this and then this and then this and then this you know it has to hit all these particular beats to move the storyline that didn't didn't feel really real at all um, yeah in nothing in this movie felt very real
1: that's true there's a lot of stuff that didn't really feel like real in this movie uh, but yeah do you have any other thoughts of this movie before we rate it
0: let's let's go ahead and rate it okay
1: I have a uh, I don't know if this pitch would work or not but basically the way you would rate this is you rate it out of a hundred but you only get to rate it using eight numbers so you have to rate it with Nate's name in the rating.
0: Oh, okay. I like this. So it's gonna be better, like, uh, like eight better, Nate teen than a hundred or something.
1: Well, I mean, I was, I was just going off of like you would just say like, like seventy Nate or something. Oh, 100. okay, yeah, yeah. You like also that. do the better Nate. The better- no, no,
0: no. Yours is cleaner. Your your idea is much cleaner.
1: <laughs> okay, so yeah, how um, I, how would you rate this movie out of a hundred using only Eight numbers
0: I'm gonna give it a cool uh 30 Nate out of 100 uh okay. or yeah yeah like it's eh, slightly less than the if if Fifty is like a perfectly like you know like middle of the road movie it's slightly less than that
1: yeah I agree with that like idea I would probably I think I'd probably give it slightly higher just because I I did really enjoy the two lead performances a lot in this movie Mm -hmm. I thought they were pretty good it's just slight I don't know like I'm kind of torn between two numbers because I think it is slightly better but there's still a few things that I don't like about the way that it's designed but I would probably give it a I'd say probably a 48.8 out of <laughs> I, I think it's fine like it's a good movie to, it's a movie you can throw on and like it'd be fine
0: yeah i mean and also like i don't know we're two grown adult men talking about a movie made for kids and so yeah. like it's like yeah it wasn't really for us and that's fine
1: yeah exactly like i think it did the job got good lead performance out of the main kids that just they plucked out of nowhere pretty much and i mean acting the performance of like the you know adults is not anything to write home about but it's fine
0: yeah um all right what are you watching this week, man.
1: Well, okay, so I did. So I did watch uh Crimes of the Future. Um, like, there's, it, it, I mean, you know, like I obviously watched it like half in a day's or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's technically, I think, a good role for Lisa Kudrow in this movie. Possibly, I don't think she'd be any of the like main characters. But I'm trying to figure out how to say this. But there's like, because I don't want to say any like spoilers in the movie. But there's like a couple women in there's like a, at least like there's like a women in this movie who are very like horny the whole time and like kind of weird and like sort of like chaotic. And I feel like Lisa Kudrow would be a good like kind of like chaotic villain in something because we haven't really seen her do a villain role in anything really.
0: She hasn't really done like a like a well villain role but also she I feel like she like deliberately does like less Phoebe type roles like she's she always plays this like so Phoebe, though. Yeah but like like as far as like an agent of chaos like Phoebe was like very like chaotic and like a, a true true weirdo Mm. and I know that like that's not like what exactly you're saying but she does play much more normal people uh than that and so like there is like room for her to like dig into that chaos again in in maybe a different way
1: yeah I think she would be good in like a I think like I don't know if she'd be perfect like a David for for a David Cronenberg movie but I feel like a David Lynch movie would be up her alley yeah it's like being chaotic in that because those movies have more of an old-timey uh like feel to them which she seems to sometimes have in terms of the way she acts Sometimes, mm-hmm. um, so I feel like having the old timey weird vibes seems like it would work well with her and in yeah. the and David Lynch project. So maybe not Cronenberg necessarily, but I think she could probably pull off a of Cronenberg if she wanted to.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, I could see it. What about you? Uh, the new season of Girls Five Ever has started, and actually, it's been like six episodes, but I just started watching it now. Nice. Um, and it show rules very funny, very like the spiritual successor to Thirty Rock for sure. Um, yeah. But it's like it's like big begging for Lisa Kudrow to show up as like like a I would say she's like sort of a washed out country music singer or something mm-hmm. um like it it would be such a good role for her like and she she would fit into the show so well since it's already a show about like women in their like like 40s trying to stage a musical comeback and so throw like Lisa Kudrow in there who's like also maybe she's like still famous and or like also trying to do a comeback or I don't know just there's a lot of friends cameos in or not even Even cameos like friends who show up for an episode or two in 30 rock and they fit in so well with like the world of like the obscene world of 30 rock that it would work in like or I mean absurd world of 30 rock that it would fit in like a girls five ever as well
1: yeah I think Lisa Kudrow would definitely nail a girls five ever type um yeah because she's like done similar stuff to that definitely I mean like like friends but like stuff that like calls for her being sort of weird not weird (laughs) stuff that calls for her sort of having like a you know sense of humor but also at the same time time being yeah sort of in like a crazy universe because like she's in unbreakable Kimmy schmidt mm-hmm. as like her mom in the few episodes yeah. um so like she definitely already has like sort of like that like 30 rock energy to her because that show also was sort of like a spiritual successor sort to of 30 rock yeah for sure so i feel like she could definitely nail that yeah totally well that's been better nate than ever the disney plus original movie <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh thanks for listening everyone don't forget to like and subscribe and daniel i'll see you next week bye everyone bye